1: Hello and welcome to Oh God What Else, the introducing tent to Oh God What Now's Pyramid Stage. I'm Jade Bailey and I'm an audio producer here at Podmasters. As you might have guessed, we're switching things up for today's episode. For one night only, group editor Andrew Harrison has allowed the audio production team to take centre stage. So join us as we take you behind the scenes and tell you all about how we make your favourite podcasts. Now, we are here to mark a solemn occasion. After 1,875 days and 136 ministerial resignations, Alex Rees, the longest serving member of what we like to call Audio Island, is leaving Podmasters. No. Alex has been an integral part of developing and producing Oh God What Now, having been with the show since the Romaniacs days, and he's been an invaluable as well as the inaugural member of our team. So before he goes on to Pastures New, we thought he could share some of his experiences with you, our lovely supporters. Hi, Alex.
2: Pranda, shmai? <laughs> I was expecting <laughs> <laughs> It just means hello, I'm sorry.
1: We're turning today's Ogwi into a bite-sized Ogwin, so to complete our panel, Alex and I are joined by the rest of Audio Island. First up is Origin Story, We Are History, and rock and roll politics producer, Simon Williams. Hi, Simon. Hello. And finally, we have the producer of This Is Not A Drill and leader of Audio Island, Robin Lieburn. Hi, Robin.
3: Hello. I just want to say that seeing this is a producer-helmed affair, I'm really hoping in the background people are hearing the drifting sounds of Audio Island.
2: Yeah, crashing waves, like foghorns in the distance.
3: Oh. Is that a seagull I hear?
2: <laughs> I tried to do a seagull, it didn't work.
1: <laughs> now, as Alex is approaching the end of his Podmasters journey, I think we should take a trip back to the beginning, if you can remember that far back, Alex. So how did you first start working at Podmasters and in audio in general?
2: Uh, so like most things in my life and career, almost completely by accident. So starting out uh, after coming out of a radio production course at uni, which was probably my only intelligent academic decision. I took a job at a company that was called RT TV Novosti Limited, uh, which is the former broadcast news TV channel Russia Today. It kind of specialized in hiring young, kind of impressionable, let's call me impressionable at the time I was quite young, Uh, left-wing journalists to sort of say, hey, we do stuff about the NHS and we do stuff about the Middle East. You won't get that on mainstream media. How about that? Later, it turned out that that probably wasn't the best choice, because about six months into that job, uh, Sergei Skripal, the Russian spy, was poisoned in Salisbury, and things got very weird very fast. Around that time, there was an email through in the uh, UK Audio Network. I know you guys are probably aware of that sort of cornucopia of... uh, of job listings and one came through from sophie black who we will all know as the former producer of paper cuts and initially of romaniacs who came through with a request for a new editor for Romaniacs. and then around the year mark of when i first started working on romaniacs andrew came to me again i'll remember it always because he came to my office in camden and we walked down camden high street and there was a pigeon on the street And I walked around it and he said to me, that's the first time I've been living in London for 30 years. I've never seen someone show that much consideration to a pigeon. (laughs) I don't know why I remember that. But the long and short of it was that they wanted to do more podcasts. And that was the opportunity for me to come on full time. And I joined, I think, officially on 1st of November 2019.
4: Do you think it was the pigeon that really swung it for you?
2: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you want to, it's, I think Andrew would probably say that Podmasters aspires to be like Liverpool FC in that they have a uh, no dickheads hiring policy which (laughs) is pretty effective in both us and Liverpool I would say
1: it does feel like such an Andrew thing to consider when hiring a person though to be like oh he had respect for the pigeons he'll be a good hire
3: I fully agree. For your replacement, we've constructed a neat set of audio tasks to see who might come join Podmasters in the future. And one of them is literally to escape from a room full, and I mean full, of London pigeons without harming themselves or any of the birds. (laughs)
2: I have no part in the uh, the hiring of the new person. I think that's probably for the best because that is the kind of thing that I would create. It's just a, a full Crystal maze situation.
4: I think we could fill the bunker studio with pigeons pretty easily, actually. It's not yeah, a big space. we could. What do you reckon? 200 pigeons?
1: I mean, I'm glad this wasn't a thing when we all applied for our jobs because I think I would have done terribly. I wouldn't have gotten the job if I had to escape a pigeon.
2: But you did, you did get the job despite there being no pigeon tasks. So you were the second addition to Audio Island. So what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, so I I suppose kind of similarly. I did a music technology degree at university and I graduated during the pandemic. So I essentially, I looked back on it recently, I only had... A year and a half of actual real life university because there were strikes and then COVID. Um, but yeah, I finished that degree. I really want to go into like sound design or film or some sort of music composition world because that's what I was doing at the time. Um, but I also really like podcasts. I had a module on music journalism. One of the assignments for that course was to do an album review, a live gig review, or a podcast. And I'd done the other two. And one of my friends really wanted to do a podcast. I was like, I'll do it with you. So we did that and then finished uni kind of did nothing for a few months thinking, what am I going to do? There's no industries to go in. Everything's closed. And then I really randomly got an email from a friend of one of my lecturers and she was making a podcast about women in music and women in music tech in particular. And she needed an editor and was told about me. And so it was really like spontaneous. Like It really felt like this could not have come at a better time. And also how mad is it that this has just appeared in my inbox? So I did that for a few months and then kind of decided I'm 21 years old at the time. I cannot be in my room just making podcasts on my own forever. I should do it in real life and meet people. And yeah, found this job online. And I thought I had completely lost it because I was at the final stage of interviewing and it was an interview with Andrew and it was a real like last minute request for the interview with Andrew, just kind of like it really felt like this is the final stage. And Andrew asked me somehow about Oasis or Blur, and I said Oasis, and he looked really disappointed. Oh. And he was like, I've lost it, I'm yes. not gonna get that the job. Is
3: definitely the wrong answer.
1: See, I don't think it is, but he has told me since that the correct answer to that question is pulp
3: or suede. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you were gonna yeah. say you killed a pigeon, but in Harrison World, that <laughs> may, maybe that's even worse. I don't know.
1: So, Robin, you were working here before I was. But I was full time before you were, so I'd actually quite like to know how you got into audio as well because I don't know if we've ever spoken about that
3: yeah no I had quite a circular route to all of it. I was a journalist like a reasonably old school rain Mac uh little pen and pad wandering around black
2: cap notebook yeah, yeah
3: all of that anyway, really enjoyed journalism absolutely loved that path ended up slightly circuitously ending up in a kind of business route, working for a magazine in London. But it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. Um, and then at the time, a friend of mine offered me a job working for the burrito van on Whitecross Street, which is near Old Street. I used to work there every day, missed journalism. And then by that point, I would got into this mad world of podcasting. I was I was getting pretty podcast addicted. And then um, I thought, you know what, I could definitely see myself going to this. I've done a bit of music, mostly hobbyist in the background. So anyway, converted a couple of these skills, journalism, uh, being able to do a little bit of digital stuff and decided to make a podcast and ended up creating a freelance career for myself. And then on that knotty journey, I also met Andrew Harrison. Now, this came initially because the very first thing I ever did was called Fatherhood because I had a baby. I was like, what's this podcast that I'm going to do going to be about being a dad? So I thought I'd have a go at that. And then one of my big get interviews at the time, I was thrilled to get it, was one Dorian Linsky, who who we may recognise, right? So I talked to him about parenting and uh, music and all things like that. And anyway, he was telling me about this show that he was just on called Romaniacs. And he was telling me about this guy, Andrew Harrison. He's a, you know, really get stuff done. He's really pushing this thing forward and how the success they were having ended up meeting Andrew, talked to him, became the understudy of one, a Reese and was covering him on doing a little bit Romaniacs here and there. Then suddenly the bunker came about, which obviously everybody knows and loves. And then, um, one day I had the idea for what now is, this is not a drill, but was originally called Doomsday Watch. And after initially being a freelancer with that, I became a fully fledged castaway on Audio Island. And here we are today.
1: Yeah, the Audio Island got bigger last year in 2023 when Simon, you joined. So tell us about how you got into audio and podcasting and such like.
4: I did, yeah. I am the newest member of the team, although possibly the oldest. Maybe you're a little older than me, Robin.
3: I shall not say.
4: I've got at at least a decade on both Jade and Alex, so my origin story would take far too long. (laughs) The short answer for how I ended up at Podmasters is like Alex, I answered an ad from UK Audio Network. So, you know, good tip for anyone who's yeah, anyone who's looking to get into Mm -hmm. podcasting, get yourself on UCAN. Definitely a good way in. But my background is in music. Prior to being here, I spent the first sort of five years after uni doing something completely random and then got an opportunity to work on a film score for a film which has still not been released, but it was actually like, for me, a very big deal because it was with a Hollywood director and it was just this incredible creative world that opened up for me that I had no idea, you know, I I had the potential to be involved Mm in. So I ended up working on on the music for this this film score and kind of it looked like maybe this was a possible route for me. So from there I've spent many years writing electronic music, writing music for film and for TV. Um so fast forward to 2023 and I've been getting into listening to podcasts. In particular, I've been nerding out on a lot of guitar-based podcasts and sort of music gear podcasts, Mm. because that's the sort of thing that I like to spend a lot of time thinking about. And I saw this ad for the job come up, and it said, podcast producer and composer. So I was like, that looks amazing. That's exactly the sort of thing that I'd love to do. Um, Applied and came and met Martin and Andrew, and was, I think, quite lucky to discover that both Andrew and Martin were interested in the same sort of weird niche electronic music that I have made and I'm interested <laughs> in. So I was surprised when I came to my interview and they actually knew the record labels I've released on. And yeah, it's like I, I would never sort of name drop them because you think, yeah, basically no one's going to know it's just some small independent label
2: oh those guys do yeah but
4: they, they <laughs> knew yeah obviously um i had no idea that there was such a kind of musical thread running through podmasters and got the job and have been loving it ever since
1: Very
3: nice. i'd just like to say career advice here for anyone who needs it is listening it seems like look after pigeons produce and dubstep the world is your oyster
1: So as we said earlier, we are here to talk about Alex leaving Podmasters. But before you do leave, what have been your highlights throughout your time here?
2: God, I mean, so moving into remote recording was a strange experience because, as we all know, it involved imparting a lot of technical knowledge on people who aren't necessarily technically gifted, shall we say. That's not our (laughs) panel. That's not a lot panelists, by the way. They they did an excellent job of dealing with the circumstances. So it involved a lot of calling people on the phone, setting things up by email and so on, which means that and I haven't looked, but I'm pretty sure I still have people like Lisa Nandi in my phone just from them ringing me at about seven in the morning being like, I'm not really sure how to log into this thing. <laughs> it was an interesting time because it always felt like things were active and it always felt like you were responding to stuff that was happening right now when the election came around in 2019 it was also fascinating because i think we did a live show immediately after it would have been like i think the election was on the 11th and we did the show on the 12th of december and it was the most bizarre energy because wow. it was a combination of depression dejection rebellion it was it was it was very strange and like it, it ended up being quite celebratory by the end of it but i remember that distinctly and then obviously After that, there was a long period where it was remote. And I think during that time, because Romaniacs as it was, was envisioned by Martin and Andrew as a campaigning show, that there was a definite feeling during that time that there was a lot of anger about what was happening. There was a need to document it for the future. And now we're kind of seeing that come home to roots, that all of these things like procurement and lockdown breaches by matt hancock dominic like it's all just coming back these characters keep coming back because they're being held to account by podcasts like oh god what now i'm not saying they're saving the world but it is about raising awareness of these things that matter and it's been very interesting to keep on track with that uh there have been many fascinating guests we had fergal sharkey in a couple of weeks ago from the undertones now a committed water campaigner across the country fantastic accent but there's so many, and that doesn't include people who are on the Culture Bunker. I once had to wake up Suggs from Madness because he'd forgotten he had a recording <laughs> and his PA told me that I needed to keep ringing him because he would wake up. We had John Ronson. We had Neil Hannon from The Divine Comedy. We've had people from The Specials.
3: I was just going to say, uh, on the people coming in, one thing that people probably they probably do know, actually, if they listen week in, week out, our studio is unbelievable furnace of heat so even I mean in the moment it's a lovely it's a lovely hour to spend in there because it's absolutely freezing outside and get yourself warm and toasty come sit with your friends but in the last couple of climate affected summers we've had oh my god it's 30 outside but you're I think I honestly think we're pushing a hundred degrees and I in mean Celsius, in the studio itself. <laughs> but we'll have, obviously, <laughs> people coming in. One person always sticks to my mind is Barry Gardner, who is a, a fantastic guest on any interview, a podcast, radio show, TV interview. He's always prepared. He's always willing with his time. He's a very genial fellow as well. But I couldn't believe it. He was wearing his full suit, very, very <laughs> trim, very neatly turned out. But midsummer in our little hot studio. Oh, my goodness. But it didn't didn't baffle him at all. He was fine. Powered through. He gave his usual crisp and succinct answers. But, uh yeah, it, it's it's a great leveller, that studio, isn't it?
2: It is it is a unifier. You know, it's right. And I think that the one thing that holds the podcast together a lot of the time is that every time you have the oh God What Now panel in the studio, they have a dynamic which works with pretty much any guest and puts them at ease, which is why you can have these people on and they can be a bit more open about things than they might be on a slightly more straight-laced podcast uh, <laughs> or something like Politics Live where you just have... It's it's very air-conditioned and whatever. And, and I'm not saying we do it on purpose, but it's that thing of you get somebody in a, in a room with people who know each other and who are very open in the way that they speak and it just makes for interesting chat a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what we do here and a lot of what OGWIN stands for is creating that sense of community, isn't it? It's about feeling like you have people to scream about everything that's going wrong with. And so part of that community, you mentioned the pandemic there a bit, Alex, about remote recording. Um, The end of the pandemic meant a lot of things. But for us here, it meant that we could return with our Ogwin live shows. And for me, they're some of my favourite days working here, because I don't know about the rest of you, but I do have a tendency when I'm editing to forget that this will go out on Spotify and people will listen to it. It's really... In unlike, you see thousands, the numbers. Jade. I know, they're very popular. And so going to set up a live show and work there and produce there for the evening is a really nice, lovely reminder that people do really love what we're doing. And it's just a fun mm. atmosphere. But Alex, you're a large part of those live shows because you create all of the intro videos that the panel walk onto at the beginning of the show and then at the interval as well. Uh, They always get a really amazing reaction from the crowd. They were raucous laughter. It's the highlight of the show for a lot of people, I think. So I want to know how you go about making those videos and also if you have any highlights of those as well because there have been so many of them.
2: Once again, this stuff is completely an accident because I was bored uh, during lockdown and decided that I was going to teach myself how to use Premiere Pro. That came in handy when we did hashtag RenamiX So this was in october 2020 when it was finally time to get rid of the romaniac's mantle change it to something else there was a meeting where there were lots of ideas put on a whiteboard for what was going to be the new name for the podcast we ended up on oh god what now and i decided that i was going to make a video to publish on social media that was gonna publicize the change and it went down pretty well it had a sort of montage of pictures from the years where It used to be Romaniacs and all the community and all the people who were involved in the podcast. And then it just goes, oh God, what now? And I really liked it. And then kind of there was no real reason to keep doing that because there was so much audio to edit, so I didn't have the capacity for it really. And then in 2021, around July, we had our first live show back after lockdown. This was 19 months after the last one, which was in December 2019. So the first thing you see in that, live show video from that show is 19 months later and it's got a monologue that Andrew does at the end which he nicked from the Avengers but
1: (laughs) of course he did (laughs) you know it it
2: sounded good in the moment um then it goes into a sort of further montage set to Don't Call It a Comeback by LL Cool J
1: amazing
2: which was very fun and from there it kind of went into increasingly weird places because there's never really been a set brief from Andrew or anybody sort of upstairs, because I've always been more on the audio side, the video stuff has had to be a bit more anarchic. So there are a few I've done over the last couple of years. There was one set to the winner takes it all by ABBA, which showed the lettuce that beat Liz Truss winning a landslide majority. I love that one. That's
1: one of my favorite (laughs) ones. That was
2: the polling where lettuce uh, went for 60% and the Tories dropped to 2%. We can only hope for that sort of thing. This year, another one was a montage of Matt Hancock looking awkward set to Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye, which people, they didn't like it, but it hmm. definitely set up a reaction.
1: Yeah, and that's And what I you think want. that
2: they appreciated it. But my crowning achievement was the most recent one where I remixed Christmas wrapping by the waitresses for the Christmas live show that's just gone using Tory politicians.
1: So you said there that you kind of had to put the videos aside for a little bit because there was so much audio to work on. I think we need to kind of go into a bit more detail about how many podcasts you were making. Because I remember in my interview, being just told we need another pair of hands to help Alex because you had so many podcasts. And, you know, you would tell me afterwards how many shows you were making in a day or a week. And I was like, how can one man make all of these? You're just a machine. So can you tell us every show you worked on? when it was just you being the sole editor?
2: Every show I worked on as the sole editor. Yeah. I mean, how long have you got? So initially it was quite leisurely because when I was a freelancer, it would be the recording of Big Mouth, which was the precursor to The Culture Bunker and Romaniacs. And I would edit those uh, once every two weeks and then I would just sort of go off and do, do the rest of my stuff. Then I came on full time, that continued. It was one Big Mouth a week, one Romaniacs a week. Then The Bunker started, which is a panel show in addition remaining acts. That was in March 2020, just before lockdown. Then came The Daily, which increased the bunker to five days a week. And at the same time, we took on a commission from the Institute for Government for their mm-hmm. show, Inside Briefing. Then during the pandemic, they added another stream called IFG Live, which would be separate recordings from their normal podcasts. So now what, we're up to six. And they're all releasing weekly, if not daily. So it was around 10 podcasts a week in the middle of 2020. But we also had separate commissions that we were working on. Lots of people wanted to make podcasts at that time because everybody was doing it. So it was, I think, at some point in 2020, I was the most prolific podcast editor in the country.
4: Alex is one of the few people who can edit a podcast in less time than it took to record it.
1: Um I was ju- I was genuine <laughs> I was going to say that because I've have never known anyone to edit anything as quickly as Alex can edit.
4: Uh, I'd like to say thank you for uh, initiating me into the dark arts of super quick podcast editing. Still still not quite at your levels, but uh, I'm working on it.
2: It could be that if you're the editor of this podcast, you are listening to yourself speaking (laughs) on Super Speed right now.
3: Almost (laughs) (laughs) certainly. So I'd like to know who... With with all the respect in the world for their incredible broadcasting and analysis, has the very worst audio that you've ever worked on, Alex, or very most troublesome audio, in order to get a broadcast out of it?
2: So bless him, uh, and that's the first thing to say because I think he was very he was very busy at the time, and he very graciously accepted a role on the podcast on that day. But Sir Anthony Seldon once joined one of our calls via Zoom from the Mal. He was just out there <laughs> on the street and I. he began, it was so strange because he began in a desk somewhere at some office on the Mall, maybe at Carlton Gardens where the IFG are, and then had to move because there was a lot of noise. I think it was during some royal event and he was moving and changing position and changing his device and somehow we managed to get a podcast out of that. I think we can all say that we've managed to save what looked to be a disastrous podcast from the jaws of defeat because sometimes it's been a case of going from multiple sources using zoom for one thing remote recording software for another somebody's got an iphone and you're trying to wrangle it all together into something that flows as one episode and it really does and you said that it sometimes takes me half as long to edit a podcast as it does to record sometimes it takes a lot longer because you are Mm. wrangling this jigsaw of different tracks. I mean, maybe this is a point in the show where we start making audio changes to what's actually happening.
3: God forbid that we could control what people do or say. No, that's what sometimes I think people forget. We are the master villains, putting our fingers together in the background. And if I wanted to speak like a monster, I or if uh, I mean, I've, I've actually connected up because good professional that I am, put my microphone on. But you might be able to hear me talking on my. Crappy laptop where the sound suddenly goes a little bit rotten, and that's not a particularly pleasant podcast. But it's it's definitely yeah. It's it's there's a there's a certain craft to it, isn't there Like a get out of jail, and um, there's nothing worse when you've connected to somebody who sounds like they're at the very back end of a tunnel underneath the Tower of London. Whilst Alex will have to remind me of the person who's in Parliament Square.
2: What well, the only thing you can really hear is Steve Bray shouting anti-Brexit. Stop Brexit!
1: Oh, Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on to heroes and villains. And today, Simon, Robin and I have decided to make Alex our Hero of the Week. Oh. Simon, tell us why.
4: Well, he's the best, isn't he? But apart from that... There are so many reasons that, that Alex is the hero, but I would like to draw attention to his work behind the scenes and everything that he's set up in terms of actually how the infrastructure works here and how we record. I remember, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and I was coming in to uh, do the early morning paper cuts record, and uh, I came into the studio ready to uh, set everything up and suddenly got a Slack message from what we call the studio bot, which is the uh, studio computer, telling me that a uh, a session had been set up. And I was just very confused. I was like, what, what's going on here? And it turns out it was Alex just randomly setting it up. I think maybe you thought that you were going to be doing paper cuts that day. But it was it was very confusing. And it was like Alex was inside the machine. <laughs> and I kind of take comfort from that because I feel like, you maybe will continue doing that after you leave. And like a little part of you is just going to remain (laughs) inside all of these complicated systems that you've set up for us to do remote recording and monitor and everything like that. And yeah, I found that experience sort of comforting and disconcerting at the same time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm in the code now. You can't get rid of me, but thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Alex, you're my hero of the week because when it was just me and you on the island way back when, you've always been very kind in saying that I took to being a Podmasters producer very quickly oh, but I think you had a very very big part to do with that I, I felt like I would say it all the time I'd be like Alex how does Reaper work Alex how do I do this in Reaper and you would just had so much patience for me and helped me immensely with that so thank you
2: as so way, who's the villain
1: you are also the villain Alex oh because you're leaving oh that's no a, and that I, is that's a villain activity
2: I do deserve that I suppose
3: and from my point of view, I think villain, I mean, it's back to Simon being inside the machine. It's the fact you've got that incredible workstation on the island. I mean, people w- won't necessarily have seen our regular office the cameras are more focused on the studio but um your section is got to be I think the, the closest I can come is, is a minority report or maybe like Jean-Michel Jarre playing on top of the Empire State Building or something like that. Mission control. Yeah <laughs> keyboards microphones like um I think you got the Eye of Sauron connected somewhere so you know what everything's <laughs> going on at all times and then one of the key things is your multiple screens I mean I don't know have six have you got I don't know it's ridiculous I've got one. It's three. <laughs> a is always better with a bit of embellishment. But uh, one of the key <laughs> factors is just what you've got. On. Obviously, when it comes to World Cups or Wimbledon or whatever, I quickly edge my way around to have a chat about something important to check what's going on on your second screen. But one of my favourites is coming around a couple of times to see... Just a really beautiful image of a bird box webcam somewhere with like a fledgling <laughs> owl just beaming back at you whilst you're busy editing an, another IFG special for that
2: week. Alex, how,
4: <laughs> how, how dare you leave us before Spring Watch starts up again?
2: I know. It's very true. It's, I mean, Simon, you know it best because uh, you sit next to me, but no, I would recommend it to everybody. It's called explore.org and you can look at all these webcams from across the world. I mean, I've had wolves, bears, fish, birds. Any kind, you, I could. There's a baby sloth cam I watched once. Oh my god! I think the the kittens one is a little bit overkill because it just does make me look like I'm in a, a Fisher Price toy. But it's very wholesome and it does it does kind of help you get your mind in the right place to listen to politics podcasts for eight hours a day.
1: I have been campaigning to rename your desk Mega Desk since I've been here, <laughs> and to make it more mega, to so just kind of <laughs> stack desks, add more screens. So I think in your final week, you need to make Mega Desk as mega as possible. I think you should just kick all of us off and just have Megadesk as your own for the final week.
2: Don't throw me with a good time. So I have a little surprise to end the show. I sent out a request for listener questions for us all, and I have a selection for you now. So the first one, who had the best remote recording sound quality, even if no one ever bought them a Yeti mic like they did for everyone else on lockdown? <gasps> That's from N. Smith in Pimlico. Who I know for a fact owns a <laughs> editor's keys condenser microphone. So that's Naomi. Hello. Oh yeah. And yeah. I mean, she did. She did fantastically well because I mean, I, 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 it wasn't my department, but she didn't have a yeti. She did have her own fancy setup in the best of Britain offices, and she was pretty much flawless in terms of remote recording. It was just a delight whenever she came on the show.
3: Can I say outside Ogwin as well? Is that fair? Like a, there's there's a couple of so. standout characters for me. I we did quite a bit with Brian Class, who is a tremendous broadcaster at any rate, but he has always got a flawless setup. He's backed it up in in his own actual recording. You're getting lossless sound through like an, an actual genuine WAV recording. Oh, beautiful stuff.
4: Uh, I think we all have a special place in our hearts for the remote guests that come on with a mic already set up, there's a certain feeling that comes over us as audio editors when the video pops up and you can see that nice mic sitting there and you're like, yes
2: takes a lot yeah. for me to not just say, I, I, love, I love you. Exactly. That, do you want to go for back. a drink? No. That
1: very <laughs> nearly happened to me. We did a bunker in 2022, and the guest told me what microphone she had, and it was a Neumann U87. <gasps> and I gasped aloud just as Ooh. former producer Jacob was coming into the studio. But I gasped so loudly that Jacob went, is that a good microphone? You seem really happy with that. <laughs> I was like, yes, it's brilliant.
2: Listener Adam Wright asks, Have you ever been recognised because of your voice on the credits? Jade.
1: Well, when I first joined Podmasters and I was just in awe of the podcasting world and all of the live show experiences, like we said earlier, on my first live show, I was asked if you would ever been recognised by your voice in the way that the presenters had. And you said once at a live show in the crowd. And I said then, I want that to happen to me. And it did very recently, our last Christmas live show. Someone, we were selling merch. If anyone bought a mug from us that day, thank you. Um And this couple came up and were asking us all what we did because it was all staff working in the merch stand. And I said, I'm a producer, I make Y, I used to make Origin Story, all of that stuff. And he paused and he went, do you do the sign-offs? And I went, yeah. And he went, are you Jade Bailey? And I went, yes. And I just started, I was like, oh my God, I am. Because I didn't think someone would know the surname as well. (laughs)
2: Listener A. Andreu asks, do any of you ever tune out for a bit working from home because there's a delivery or something? Then hope for the best that no pickups are needed for the bit you missed. So Alex, I have two words for you, wireless headphones. A few weeks into lockdown, I bought a pair of headphones with a receiver. So not Bluetooth, but a a USB receiver, which meant I could do all sorts while recordings were ongoing and not interrupt it at all. So I could do the washing up. I played with the dog in the back garden and I played a lot of Animal Crossing. So I have Podmasters to thank for my Animal Crossing island in 2020. And finally, A Harrison asks, What's the one thing listeners don't realise about the Podmasters' backroom?
1: Oh, the music. We have a Mm. group Spotify playlist um, on which I think every member of staff on their first day has been instructed and given stern instructions about this playlist. I wasn't even told anything about the job my first day. I sat down and Andrew went, we have a playlist, you need to add 10 songs, add them now, every day. And that's changed to different formats of how many songs or albums we add every day. But... We've got terms for it now. We have Office House almost every day where we have to have our editing volume up so loud to drown out the sound of the pumping jungle bass that's going on.
4: I have to admit, I have kind of stopped adding to the Office playlist because <laughs> in reality, I have headphones on about 95% of the time. So I think, you know, leave it to the people who are actually listening to the music to uh, to add to that. But that weirdly does seem to have resulted in a lot of cure
2: Yes, the unfortunate thing about the Office Playlist is that it plays out of Andrew's Spotify account, which means that no matter what you put on it, it all kind of curves eventually back into Andrew's algorithm. So I'm just going to give you a rundown of the number of contributions to last year's Podmasters Playlist. So we've got uh, Simon, seven songs added. Jade, 415 songs added. Me, 862 songs added. Andrew Harrison, 5,649 songs added. (laughs) And they're all blur.
1: So we've reached the end of the first ever, potentially only ever, Audio Island (laughs) Agoi. And as we said at the beginning, we are all here to celebrate the work of the wonderful Alex Reese. And I wanted to end on something that was said to me when I first joined. After my first live show, First Ogwen live show, we were stood outside our regular pub. I was talking to a former employee of Podmasters before my time here, and he was asking what I do here, what my role was. And we hadn't had like a proper full time audio person at that point. So I just said, I, I guess I'm just like a second Alex. And he paused and he just looked at me dead faced and went, There will only ever be one Alex Reese. <laughs> <laughs> and there will only ever be one Alex Reese. <laughs> And that's it for today's Audio Island Takeover. Thank you to Simon Williams. Thank you. Thank you to Robin Lieburn. Thank you. And thank you and good luck to the man of the hour, Alex Rees.
2: Jochenwald, thank you so much for this. It's been an absolute pleasure just in this room, but also across the months and years that I've been at this company. And it's been an absolute honour to work with you all.
1: And thank you, listeners, not only for allowing us to step in front of the microphone for once, but also for continuing to support us. It really helps us out. Oh God, What Else returns to its regularly scheduled programming next week, where you'll be joined by two of the Ogwin panel talking about who knows what. Until then, we'll see you in the sign-offs.